My Devon Vissette, I'm ready to go. I'm sitting here at work alone. Already I'm so hungry I could cry. But it's not lunch yet and I need to ship a speedy site without databases. Hey, what's this new tool called Netlify? install the CLI, create a website on the fly, watch as it uploads on its own. I could set up a webhook, I could even use it with Storybook, we've got a guest to tell us how it goes. Let's start the show. <laughs> Oh, amazing. <laughs> I think that was the best one yet. Oh. That was so good. <laughs> tears in my eyes. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> Welcome back to Tools Day, a podcast about tech tools, tips, and tricks every other Tuesday at 2. I'm your co-host, Yuna. And I'm Chris. And we have a guest on the show. As you heard, we have Phil Hawksworth here. Say hello. Hello. Phil. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm tearing up, actually. That's, uh, that's, that's quite, quite the start. I, I love it. The, we're off to it. hit all of the, ki- the buzzwords. Amazing. <laughs> we're off, off to the races. Um, Phil actually works at Netlify, so he's like the perfect person to ask all the questions to and get the scoop about this tool. Yep. Um, I've been hearing a lot more about it lately and just from a lot of different people, so I'm excited to really um, get into it. I, I started playing mm. with it maybe 20 minutes ago. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, here we are. That's that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> that's, Chris that's actually great. uses that's great. it all the time. Um, but before we get into it, we do have a sponsor today. Our sponsor is Datadog, a software-as-a-service-based monitoring platform that provides dev and ops teams with a unified view of all of their systems, apps, and services. You'll be a part of thousands of organizations who already rely on Datadog to collect, visualize, and alert them of abnormalities. There are 200-plus turnkey integrations, including AWS, Postgres, Kubernetes, and Slack, all done out of the box with custom metrics to gain full stack observability with a unified view of all their systems, apps, and services. Key features include real-time visibility from customizable dashboards, algorithmic alerts, you have anomaly detection, outlier detection, forecasting alerts, end-to-end request tracing to visualize app performance, and real-time collaboration. Datadog is offering listeners a free trial, and as an added bonus for your signing up and creating a dashboard, they'll send you a free t-shirt. So start your free trial today at datadog.com slash toolsday. That's datadog, D-A-T-A-D-O-G.com slash toolsday, T-O-O-L-S-D-A-Y. Um, and that's how you'll get your free t-shirt. So again, that's just datadog.com slash toolsday. Check them out if you need full stack observability. Nice. <laughs> so... Let's get into it. Netlify. What, Netlify. what is it, Phil? What's the spiel? <laughs> well, you're 20 minutes in, so you should be an expert by now. I, you know? I don't know what... I was I, able how, to how get a website up and running, so that means a lot to me. <laughs> okay, so you're, I'm going to say, that was, that was going to be my first question. You've, you've been trying it for 20 minutes, and did you get a website deployed? I did. I was able to hook it up to my one of my GitHub repos and just deploy it, and now it's running, and I have all these options in my dashboard that I'm going to ask you about. <laughs> Okay, awesome. Great. Well, I'm, I'm glad I could be here too, because you didn't want to shell out for the enterprise level support. So you thought you set up a <laughs> like podcast and get someone on to answer you. That, that, that's fine. That's the, what, whatever works. That's, that's cool. So, um, but I mean, you've hit the you've you've hit on it right away, right? I mean, you, I mean, Netlify is intended as a tool to help 
developers get their sites live as fast as possible. Um, you know, I think we probably shy away from talking about ourselves as offering static hosting because it's so much more than that. But at, at its heart, it's some it's a, a tool that helps people get a static website onto a CDN as fast as possible and then provides some tooling around that and then just makes the developer experience as smooth as possible. So that's what kind of attracted me to it in the first place. So I've only actually been at Netlify since the end of last year. Uh, prior to that, for about, I don't know, a couple of years, I was using Netlify and just just raving about it um, because I thought I just kind of struck gold on finding a way that I could finally do my hosting and my kind of my developer workflow in a way that didn't feel... Um, what's the polite way to put it? Like pulling teeth? Onerous, it maybe? Always, burdensome. It's a, it's a, yeah, burdensome. <laughs> yes. that's, that's, much, that's nicer. Um, because you know, hosting, is, hosting is hard to do right. You know, even for the simplest site, even if it's a, you know, a static site where you can just throw it onto some static hosting and, you know, and, and just start serving files, that workflow is hard to get right. And that's what Netlify tries to do. It tries to make it as simple as possible to get uh, a static ho- uh, site hosted and then just start to breathe and live and feel a bit more dynamic in that you can push changes really quickly. You can hook into some other services, automate some things. Um, and that's that's it at, at the heart of it. And I think what's maybe you're almost underselling is how easy it is to get started with Netlify, right? Yeah. You can just literally just drag and drop a folder with an index file in it and you're good yeah. to go. And that's kind exactly. of, it was so mind-blowing. So I used to work at IBM Cloud and I've used the whole suite of IS and PaaS software. And so when I came to Netlify, I was just trying to host, the first time, I was just trying to host a storybook um, mm. Compository book. So React Storybook has a little build thing which builds you an index HTML file with a CSS file. And I was trying to show a designer what we were doing. And I was like, all right, I, I just need to push it up somewhere. And it, for some reason, it's so hard to host static sites on the web through one of the many different platforms that are out there right now. And I found that file randomly. I don't remember how I found it. And right. yeah, it, it's, it's like you get running it within like five minutes. You, you make an account. And you're done. It's like, oh, wow! It's, I didn't realize it could be this easy. Yeah, it, it feels a bit like cheating when you start and you think, "Hang on, I've, I've, I must have missed a step." Uh, right. But it's it's true. I mean, and that's that's the key. I mean, I, I think um, you know, static websites have got a bit of a I don't know if a bad name is the right thing, but people, it's hard for people to get excited about static. It's got the word static in well, there. People don't realize right. that so, static doesn't necessarily mean static. It just means everything is on the client end, the client side of things. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're, you're, you're serving files. There's no, there's no machinery moving at the server side, right? That's, I mean, that's what we're talking about. But that doesn't mean that the site can't be uh, lively or interactive. You know, there's lots of ways that you can bring dynamism to a site which is served from static assets. Um, and, and that can be either through calling uh, APIs and services client side right from the browser and doing things dynamically with JavaScript. Or it could be that your your build automation is so rapid and so seamless and so like low friction that you can update the site really, really easily and really trivially. And you can hook into events that happen, you know, elsewhere on the web to trigger new builds and propagate, you know, your site out onto the web. And that can make something feel a lot less static and a lot more dynamic than, you know, frankly, some bigger, more expensive, more complex platforms sometimes, you know, provide you with. Uh, and that's, I think that's why I originally got kind of excited about Netlify when I was uh, a user rather than someone who was, you know, uh, um, evangelizing about it and advocating for the use of it. Um, you know, I was, I was, I was working at an agency and very often working with large clients who've got lots of expensive infrastructure. Um, and it's, 
difficult to use. It's, and so uh, even making changes on a content-managed site um, can feel like it's kind of arduous and you've got this whole process to go through. Um, so I think you can really lower the friction, lower the barrier to making changes, and actually then you can start making a site that, yes, it's quote-unquote static, but it feels so much more dynamic because you can do much more, so much more easily. And that, and that I think is where um, Netlify really excels. Yeah, I also think there's a sweet spot um, between like GitHub pages, which just lets you push up your static site from GitHub to a web resource. There aren't, there aren't a lot of plugins for it that GitHub provides. You kind of have to figure that out on your own. Um, mm -hmm. And then something that's more robust, like Bluemix or DigitalOcean, where you have a lot more infrastructure and serving static right. sites is not really... Um, a key focus there. So the mm -hmm. that's where you get like that burdensome experience is because it just wasn't built for that intention in the first place. Um, but yeah. Netlify, I think, at least from my perspective, what they're trying to do is fill that middle ground, especially with this um, increased trend of client-side engineering. We see a lot mm -hmm. more sites just kind of creating their API layer and then creating a static site, quote-unquote, that uses yeah. that API, just consumes it to have right. their entire product live on top of which you know like we were doing microservices now we're doing like api as a yep. service for private companies mm -hmm. um so it's great to see the tooling really get worked out i think there's kind of a similarity to this and also the design tooling world where we haven't really found that in between yet but we're starting to, to kind of dig into it this is kind of what netlify is doing so yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, what I wanted, what we usually go over on the show is getting started with new tooling, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I feel like there's not <laughs> a lot to talk about. <laughs> I do want to talk about what you do once you set up your site, because it really yeah. does take five to 10 minutes to push a site from a repo or even local. I don't know you could do that until Chris said so. Um, <laughs> out live, you have a URL. You can send it to whoever you want. It's versioned, as far as I understand. Every time you push it, you have a new URL that you can send. Um, but there are so many other things. Like this dashboard says deploys, functions, forms, split testing, identity. Whew, let's go through some of that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, uh, l before we before we do that, I, uh, there are, are, in fact, four ways you can deploy a site. Oh. Ooh, yeah, right. <laughs> Mind blown. This is why we have Chris, Phil Chris, on the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chris already mentioned the first one, right? The, the simplest possible one is you you drag you drag a file or a folder or a zip file, you know, onto Netlify's website, and it will upload uh, it will upload that to the CDN, create a site for you, and off and running. That's the simplest possible one. Um, there's also uh, uh, a CLI that you can download. It's an NPM package that you can download, and that gives you you know a command line interface to to create an account to to push your deploys. That's that's the other thing you can do. Um, the third one is where it starts getting more interesting, and that's you kind of alluded to it already, and that's connecting it to a Git repository. And then then you can start to do all kinds of other fun things. So that's the one that I would tend to recommend. So you know you 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 tell Netlify where your Git repository is, whether that's on GitLab or Git or GitHub or Bitbucket, um, uh, and then you then every time you push uh, uh, some changes to that Git repository. Netlify will see those changes and it will run your build and then propagate your site to the CDN. And then there's cool things you can start doing on top of that. <laughs> Automagical, exactly. And the, and the last one, which I'll just mention as well, is by the magic of the Netlify, the deploy to Netlify button. Ooh. Ooh. 
Sounds yeah. exciting. Which is uh, which is just a button <laughs> that you, you push, uh, and uh, that will tell Netlify. It, I mean, it's effectively yeah, exactly. To see, to see what we did there, um, it's effectively just a shortcut to do exactly what I just described before. It will tell Netlify, okay, there's a, a repo over there. Um, Netlify will then ask you for the permission to clone that repository to your GitHub account, and then create a site for you, and then spin it up. So you can go from like two clicks, and then you'll you'll bootstrap a site, which is really cool for people like agencies who might have lots of different kind of scaffolds of different types of sites that they want to to spin up. Um, but the one where things start getting really interesting is as soon as you start hooking up to a Git repository, because then you can start doing all kinds of fun stuff off the back of that. So where where should we start? Where would you like to where would you like to explore first from that? Oh man! So I I, I in my twenty minutes not only set up the the Git repo site, pushed it. I also set up a custom domain, so I was able to right. use that functionality, which is just kind of built in. I'm looking at yeah. this page now. There's a little checklist getting started. Deployed site, set up DNS, and then secure your site with HTTPS. So it does encryption as well. The last yeah, one is, right. is really nice because it, it feels like it's so onerous sometimes to put up a secure site on other platforms. Um, but here it's like uh, it's a one-click process, uh, which it, it is super nice. Is, yeah. And that's and that's lovely as well because it's um that's through um uh, Let's Encrypt. You know, we work with Let's Encrypt. Um and so uh, yeah, it's I, I think actually I'll be fair, I think it might be a two-click process. <laughs> okay. So okay. It's, it's double the effort. I don't want to <laughs> mislead anyone. Um, but still, you know, it's 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 there, it's done, and it's auto-renewing as well, which is a, a kind of an important detail just to call out. Um, because you know, when you don't want your certs to expire and then you're off in limbo, because that's you know, that can be where pain starts to happen. So, so yeah, that that is a is such an important feature, particularly now where you know HTTPS is a really important thing for us to be having on websites, even if they are just static. And so I should really be doing air quotes, shouldn't I, when I say just <laughs> static? But you know, no matter what the sites are, we should be deploying them over HTTPS. So, um, so yeah, that's an important feature for sure. Um, but yeah, that that feels like the those feels like the the kind of things that you get very very quickly as you're getting set up. Um, uh, but then things such as having um, all of your deploys, they they live on forever. So each deployment, it doesn't change the state of your your environment. They're they, we, they're called atomic deploys, right? So they're immutable. They're atomic. Each each push to your repository creates a new instance of your site out on the CDN, which has its own URL, a unique, unguessable URL, kind of uh, based on the hash of your change. So this is great for doing things like stepping forward and back through your versions. You know, you deploy something that that you think is going to be the right content or a fix for something doesn't work out the way you want. It's one click to roll back to something else, and you can always kind of promote something or roll back. Those kind of things are really nice. That's really um, cool. It's 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 and that's just kind of out of the box. You know, you you just get that right away when you've when you've hooked up to a Git repository. Um, and the other other one, which is just a slight slight variation of that, is um, you can ask Netlify to just build pushes to your master branch, or you can say build pushes to every branch, or you can specify specific branches. Um, and then what you'll get is you'll get deploys that you can address by a URL to any one of your branches. So if you're working on feature branches, for instance, and you're saying, okay, I'm going to deploy uh, the big snazzy uh, buy it now button, uh, and that's what you've called your branch, then you'll have a URL that includes that in, in the address that you can give to your QA team or you know, your, your client, and they'll always be able to see you know, what's happening on that branch. Uh, and that's, you know, so you have those that you can, you can compare and you can, you know, 
you can that can live on. Um, that's a really nice feature. I, it feels to me like I used to spend a lot of time planning how to do infrastructure, that, so there'd be a staging environment and a testing environment and live. This is that's just a solved problem. You don't ever need to worry about that. And the nice thing is that these are identical. You know, the infrastructure they live on is identical. The only thing that's different is the code that you choose to push to them. So that means that you've got a like-for-like -like, um, comparison, and you're really testing the real version of your sites as you're as you're building these things. Um, so it unlocks all kinds of possibilities. It it feels like the kind of thing that on complex in infrastructure can be difficult to do, and that is the challenge that Netlify kind of took on. They wanted to make that as simple as possible so that you know, we shouldn't have to reinvent that. It's a solved problem. If we do it right, then it gets out of the way so you can spend your time working on the site, you know, being creative and writing the code and, and designing things. So this is amazing to me because not only do you have a URL for every single branch, but when everyone is trying to get access to staging to show someone something at any given time, you don't even have that problem because you don't have to have a staging environment. Just everybody's right. branch, every single push to that branch gets its own URL. Like that is mind blowing. There's so yeah. <laughs> there's so much yeah. that you're hosting. It's yeah, it's it's well that's the thing, can I, the, CDNs, you know, storage is cheap, right? You know, and so there's no reason when you've got these static sites not not to do this. So as long as you've got the infrastructure in place, which is kind of taken care of care of care of which is taken care of for you now <laughs> god that was a complex sentence uh um once that's taken care of then you can just start kind of enjoying using it and just kind of make the benefit you know, enjoy the benefits of that um but it's weird because it starts to unlock all kinds of other possibilities that you don't really think of beforehand so let me let me give you for an instant uh, for instance so you've got feature branches now so you've got uh, a new version of purchase button uh, on one branch and you've got master and they're and they're identical in terms of the infrastructure you know they're they're served up in the same way the rendering performance is the same because they're effectively on the same exact in infrastructure what we can do is we can say well we'll start doing a b testing across those so there's a very simple configuration in netlify where you can say okay i'm going to run a multivariant test on whichever branches i specify you just kind of add more and more to these uh, and then you can say okay well i'll send uh, 50 percent of the traffic to master and then i'm going to sends 25% of the traffic to you know this branch and another 25% to that branch uh, and all that's doing is at the CDN level it's shaping the traffic for them from the users and saying uh, you know it's it's just pointing them to whichever feature branch that you had but they don't know they're on a feature branch because the URL of course is is the you know the, the production one it's just happening behind the scenes and so that that means that you're doing a b testing in i think it's i think it's it's one of the few examples I've seen where it's A-B testing really done accurately, because if you're trying to do A-B testing where you're injecting JavaScript in the front end and manipulating the DOM and all of those things to show a different UI, well, we know that those are the kind of practices that we're trying to get out of our yeah. sites for the sake of performance, and performance has an impact on uh, you know um, experience and adoption and all of those things. So you want to get that out of there. So... In this instance, you're doing it at the CDN level. Everything's exactly the same as if it was in production. So you're doing a true like-for-like -like experience. Um, 
and it's it's a few clicks to set it up. So I got really excited. You can t- you can tell. I'm excited <laughs> I think it's so. I got really excited. About, I'm excited yeah. about this. I feel like you're being very calm about it because you're just you, you're like used to this like old news. But to me, it's my first time in it. I'm just like, what? I think what? it's yeah, super. Right. Cool. It's like super cool because like I remember I used to set up a, a bunch of optimizely things and uh, for right. website yeah. optimizer, and those are kind of wonky tools sometimes, especially with client side JavaScript where you know they, you inject you basically say in those tools, I want to manipulate and then change this button color to red or something. Mm-hmm. And you're applying an override, uh, which has to load you know, when you close up the website. And so the fact that you can do this on the server side, more or less, uh, seems so much more clean. And it's, it's kind of bamboozling to me that it's so, it's so like uh, straightforward. And so I've been using Optimizely for about a year. Uh-huh. But I don't, I don't really use the deploy button. I don't have to put the uh, static website. I, I basically just drag folders there or like link to GitHub, and I haven't mm-hmm. used any of the other fun functionality. So for you, you've been there for, you've used it for a while. So what are your like top, top three cool things Oof. beyond just the uh, deploy? Um, so, so, I mean, there's, it's interesting because in isolation, some of these things feel quite mundane, but right. then you start to plug them together and you go, oh, hang on, I can now do these, these crazy things. So, um, Let's, let's call out a, a couple of them. So the, so the first one, which is normally um, a ceiling you run into when you're uh, building kind of static sites is, well, you know, I'm, I need a contact form. I need somewhere that someone can just send me, they can sign up to an email or, you know, or whatever. You need just a simple form on there. And there are lots of services around for, for doing that. You know, you can use something like FormKeep or, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of them where they give you a little API that you can post to. Well, Netlify has that has that built in as well. So um, the way that works is you you write an HTML um, form, you know, the, the way that you normally would, uh, but then you just add uh, a Netlify attribute uh, onto the, the the form tag. And then what happens is when Netlify is deploying your site, it spots that and it creates an endpoint for you automatically. And then all, and then it, it cleans up the HTML so that goes out onto the CDN. So then as people are using the form, they're posting it, uh, posting their content, it's going to Netlify directly. And then Netlify give you um, a UI to get all of that content and also give you API access to that. Um, and that it's that API access that then unlocks all kinds of cool things. Um, because then you can start using that content, for instance, in a build. So, you know, my site, for instance, is a, you know, it's a, it's a, a, a very simple, low traffic uh, website, uh, a blog site built in Hugo, um, which I really, really like very much. And it's just got a gulp task that gets some data before it starts. So it does things like it goes and gets my Twitter feed, it goes and gets a few other bits and pieces. So they've got them available in the build when it runs. But one of the other things it does is it, it gets content from the the API from Netlify for some forms. So I've got a, a comment form on, you know, on the bottom of my blog posts. Uh, so that means that when anyone only posts any content to that, it goes to Netlify. I pull that content back down in a build, uh, and then I can choose to include that, bake those comments into the site at, at build time. And when you start combining that with things like build triggers and automation, then this becomes, you know, you end up with a comments engine built out of an APR, API, a form endpoint, and some build hooks. It gets to be really, it gets to be really quite powerful. Um, so that's that's kind of exciting. Um, the, it, it doesn't feel like you can do very much with that, but as soon as you start plugging that into into other things, you can do you can do all sorts. That's kind of exciting. So there's that one. The other one, which I think is really really nice, um, is oh, I don't know what to choose. Um, uh, 
uh, so redirects is another thing which you know can can you know this is not uh, brain surgery necessarily doing doing redirects, but configuring Apache or or HC access files or what have you to do redirects um, can be a bit fiddly, especially um, on platforms where you oftentimes you don't have access to do that. Uh, which exactly. Is- Absolutely. So the way that Netlify handles that is um, uh, it gives you the chance to just drop a, an underscore redirects file into your code base. And again, as Netlify builds your site and propagates it out to the CDN, it picks that up and says, oh, okay, right, well, these are your redirect rules that you want to apply. So you can do you know, simple things like kind of pattern matching in your URLs. You can you know, change, you know, change one URL to another. Um, you can do temporary redirects, permanent redirects. You can, you can effectively specify uh, any pattern matching and any HTTP response code in that. And that gets to be quite interesting because you can do things like shadowing. You know, you can, so for a while, what I was doing is if there are a few things that I wanted to to build that really did need something moving on the server, I'd build it in an AWS Lambda function. uh, And then I would just proxy that through from my site. So I would have, you know, mywebsite.com forward slash API uh, was the with the rule that I would hit, but then behind the scenes, I was passing that with a, a, an HTTP 200 through to the Lambda file in the background. So it's completely transparent to the user, or opaque to the user rather. They don't know where that's going. So you've got nice decoupling of the systems and what have you. So you can actually start to glue together different microservices and completely configure, you know, the shapes of your APIs. And API design is something I kind of, or rather URL design is something I kind of geek out about. I'm a bit of a URL Similar. nerd. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A common I think thing. Yeah, I think this is the circle of trust, right? We're, we're amongst friends. We're all URL nerds here. Um, but having complete control over that is is a really nice feature. And that is very, very simple to do. The other thing just to mention about that is that those URL, those um, redirect rules, again, they're not running on a server. They're not running on the origin server or where the build happens. The, those rules run on the CDN edge nodes. So wherever they are in the world, clo- they're, they're running closest to where your users access the internet. Um, so it means that there's lightning fast. It's not returning to a server. It's happening at the edge nodes. They can even do things such as um, detect uh, and 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 use rule apply rules based on the language that your visitors using or the country of origin and those kind of things. So imagine you've got you built out a, a static site and part of that site has got you know there's a path for uh, the English content, path for the Spanish content. You know that's all built out automatically. Then your redirect, rule, redirect rules are routing people to the right localized version of the site, kind of automatically. To use that expression, I think you used earlier on, you know, you know, it's um, and so that happens at the CDN level. Again, super fast, and there are a few other bits and pieces of magic that can happen in there, but it happens in a very simple declarative text file that is part of your code. That's that's really exciting. That starts to unlock nice things. And Netlify is getting into Lambda functions now too. I see there's a private beta. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? <laughs> that's fun stuff in there as well. So I kind of I alluded to that earlier on about, you know, passing things through things through to AWS Lambda. Um what what we're doing at the moment, we're we're just kind of coming to the end of our our public our private beta, hopefully gonna launch quite soon uh for this, 
is effectively doing the same thing. You know, it's actually using AWS Lambda behind the scenes, but the aim is to really simplify the workflow of getting started with AWS Lambda and then managing your, your functions uh, as part of your site. So for instance, you doing it this way, you never need to go to AWS and create an account. You never need to set the permissions or do service discovery or do the API gateway configuration. That's all happened, that's all managed for you um, automatically. What you do is you include in your your source of your site, you know, along with the rest of your 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 website, a functions folder, and you name your function. You create JavaScript files in there with the name of the function that you want to want to be able to expose, and that's deployed along with your site. So behind the scenes, Netlify is then taking that, provisioning it all on a, in Lambda functions on AWS on your behalf, and then creating a URL that is is you know, relative to your site that routes traffic through to that. Now that that just means that it's a very easy way for you to get started and write those things. You don't have to go into the AWS stuff. console; you can just do it within. You Netlify. never need to go there. You never need to go there. So that's that's a joy in itself. <laughs> yeah, we um, had an episode about that last a week. Mess. A bit. Oh, right. Yeah. So I mean, I've I've used Lambda so much, but I'm still I'm still confused because every time I go back, it's like where where was the where was the thing that I needed to press to do the the what's it to do the thingy jig? It's surprising um, so to me how cr- shoddy the functions uh ui is for anyone i've seen it's always like a little bit more difficult i think it has to be we're working on it it's it's so powerful right i mean there's so much there and i I mean i'm i think you know functions as a a service is really exciting and you know there's there's so much there but it's hard to get that stuff right um but the the thing that i think is killer uh with the way that netlify functions is doing it is that those functions live as part of your site. So the things we were talking about earlier on where we were saying every deploy of your site gets its own URL, they're immutable, you can roll them forward and back. It's the same for your functions. So version control of your functions is tied to the version of your site. So it's like you've got a fully versioned experience right away and you don't have to do anything special for that. You know, Git does that for you. And so you never need to worry about the workflow of making these Lambda functions. It's all part and parcel of your the workflow you already have. That starts to get kind of powerful and just takes a lot of the the pain away. So you can just you can just write your code, push it, and it and it works. It really gives accessible endpoints to all of the information already stored in Git. That's like yeah. what, what I'm getting out of this. So me as a more UI focused developer, mm-hmm. I find there are a lot of things here that I'm just so excited about and so excited to play with more. Um, like five, mm-hmm. I just like wrote down as we were speaking. Easy setup and form handling is a really big deal, especially when that's most people's sites, like just a stack site with a form on it. Like, you know, restaurant sites, personal blogs, CrossFit websites, this is the majority of the web. So that can just help them get up and running. The A-B testing is amazing because like you said, it's real A-B testing. And um, I was at a conference, I I think you were there too at Smashing a few weeks ago. And Andy Davies was giving a talk about third-party services and he was saying... Third-party services, no matter what you're trying to get, it will affect your user experience. So who's testing the A-B test? Who's testing the impact that you're putting on your site load to your user? That's going to absolutely affect it. So that's really exciting to me. exactly. This easy staging is exciting to me because, I mean, I work at a company where there's a lot of different stakeholders. I've always worked at companies where you're trying to put things on staging, but then somebody else needs staging, so you have to reserve staging, but somebody forgets to release staging and it's always a queue so you don't have to have four different staging servers running so that your dev team has enough room you can just all have your own urls and then that can give like 
visual regression testing make that really easy. So there's a lot of different use cases here as just a UI engineer that I'm seeing as like really kind of game changing. Um, so that's right. why I guess I see all these blog posts out like I switched to Netlify and you can too. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> It's really gratifying, actually, because there's definitely a bit of a groundswell at the moment. People are starting to get excited about it, uh, for sure. And and you know, I've kind of enthused a, a little bit, and I've been I've been rambling about various features. But the the thing that's probably worth just kind of um, reiterating is that Netlify runs your build for you. That's that's the other thing that I probably didn't say at the very beginning. So yeah, we mentioned it. You you point it at your Git repository, and it and then you know it does things. But the things that it does is it it checks out your repository. It runs the install of your dependencies. So, for instance, you've you've got an npm configuration, you've got package.json. It sees that it will run that to install the dependencies in effectively in a Docker container. So it's in its own environment, which it later destroys. Um, so it installs your dependencies, then it runs your build. So it, it completely replicates the environment that you have locally when you're running your build. Does it run tests so that as mean, well? Exactly, it runs tests. So whatever you have in your build, that's what it's going to run. Um, so and that's exactly the point I was wanting to get to because you can start to include testing in there, and if it, you know, if the if the, if the tests don't complete successfully, then the build fails. So you can push things with some confidence because if some if some of the tests don't pass, it's not getting deployed. It just it just exits, and you can see the log of all of the you know what what happened. You've got access to all of the deploy logs. You can see that, so you can trace back. Oh, okay, well I didn't include this package in my. My, this npm module in my package.json you know because i i just i just put it in there locally and i didn't include it in the package.json you fix it and you're off and running um so yeah i think that's one of the things that we could probably start to leverage a little bit more because it has the continuous integration the continuous deployment at its core that's you know that's how it works so you can start to leverage that to to run your tests okay i want to talk about this <laughs> forever but we are running out of time for our show um, okay, Chris, do you have any final thoughts to add or questions um, to ask? No final thoughts. I think my overriding thing I want to leave with, of course, is how easy it is to get started with Netlify. That was what that's what my primary use case is. I just want to host things, and it's just super nice. So I love the, I love the additional functionality, and I'm only now looking at them. Uh, but for about a year, it, just the ability to host things quickly and easily mm -hmm. has just been super crucial. And everything is stored. Everything is saved. It's a saved state. It's like that my, is mind-blowing to me. Right. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for kind of going through all this with us, being our personal tech support. <laughs> kind of. um, do you have any final thoughts or shout-outs, Phil, for our audience? I, well, I mean, I would just say, I mean, it's very easy for me to start rambling on and getting excited and hand waving and and ranting about these different features. But I think Chris summed it up really, really perfectly. It's easy to get started, and then once you're there and you're deploying a site, that might be good enough, and that's all you need to do. But then you can start exploring some of these other features, and that, I think they're all pretty approachable. And we've got an amazing documentation team um, who do all kinds of good stuff uh, to make it simple to get started with a, these things. Um, and the other thing that's just worth mentioning is that all of the things that I'm talking about, they're on a free tier. None of the features that we're talking about are behind some gates that you've got to pay a fortune to get onto, and that's intended to remain the case. You know, it's it's. A question of uh, usage. You know, eventually there's going to be a well. Once you've got a load of different, uh, um, a, a load of volume to your forms, you're going to start paying for that. But you can test every feature out on the free tier, so you can you can go and get your hands dirty. Is the message I think? That's awesome. Thank you again so much for being on the show. Um, 
Also, just want to say thank you again to our sponsor, Datadog. If you need a full stack observability service, check them out. Um, they're a software service monitoring platform, and they right now have a special that if you do sign up, you'll get a free trial and a t-shirt if you go to datadog.com slash toolsday. D-A-T-A-D-O-G is Datadog. And you know how to spell tools day. T-O-O-L-S-D-A-Y. That's where you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Patreon if you want to be an individual supporter. Check us out there. Check us out on the Spec Network. We are also on Spec FM Chat, uh, where you can ask us questions about anything you want to see on the show. Um, Netlify does have some really amazing documentation. The fact there's a documentation team is really cool. Um, but you can also just tweet at Phil, too. Uh, Phil, what's your, what's your handle for everyone? My, my handle is not Phil, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's the other guy. Um, no, my handle is, is Phil Hawksworth. That's P-H-I-L-H-A-W-K-S-W-O-R-T-H. Phil Hawksworth. He's also just a great me. person to follow on Twitter, has really great content, is a f- hilarious person. So. You're very kind. You're very kind. Uh, thank you again for being on the show, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Start the show. <laughs>